Welcome to Crop Watch Podcast, a production of Nebraska Extension. Welcome to the Crop Watch Podcast. I'm Michael Sindelar, Cropping Systems Extension Educator. Today I'm going to be joined by uh, Rick Kelch, uh, who uh, works for the university, and we're going to be talking about uh, manure, kind of manure applications from the standpoint of how do we keep odor nuisance calls down. How are you doing today, Rick? Uh, doing great. Thank you for the chance to visit with you today, Mike. Oh, it's no problem. I, I enjoy visiting with people, and this is your first time on. Uh, what, what's your role at the uh, university here in Nebraska? Uh, yes, Mike. Uh, I, uh, in the biological systems engineering and animal science departments, and I work on environmental issues relative to animal production. Okay. So... When we, we look at, you know, odor nuisances from manure, this, this is one of those where, I don't know, to me, it seems challenging because manure just smells when you, when you think about it. It's, it's not something that you can magically apply X product and you no longer have stinky manure. Yeah, so, yeah, so what tools do we have out there uh, when people are, are thinking about making an application to try to keep these, uh, you know, the, the odor in place so that it's not bothering people that live near. Sure, sure. Well, Mike, I think we're all aware that this next couple of months is, that is a good time for applying manure. You know, our, our soils or temperatures are getting low so our, we don't lose our nitrogen. Our fields are dry so we don't have compaction. So a great time to be thinking about starting to apply manure. Uh, from an odor perspective, probably the the, the if we have the option to incorporate the manure into the soil, that's probably our number one thing we would like to do. And, and certainly with our, our slurry and liquid manures, that, that's possible. Uh, when we're dealing more with our, our dry manures, like our feedlot manure or, or our poultry litter, uh, you know, we're often putting those on fields where we're trying to maintain that residue cover. So incorporation isn't it always a an option. And so we need to look beyond that for, especially some of our drier manures. All right. So our concern is less with um, swine and maybe more with some of that feedlot and that the poultry. Um, when, when we're looking to apply that, um, but, but, you know, what are we looking for site selection? Um, you know, cause the first thing I think about is if you can apply it away from people or where you apply it and when you apply it, that might be one way to, to, to help reduce, reduce that. What, what are we looking for site selection, at least from a odor standpoint, not some of the other issues that go into applying manure. Sure. Uh, well, I, I think we're all aware that we're, we're looking for a site that has a, as few a neighbors as practical. Uh, and that's harder and harder to find because, uh, you know, we'd still like to get manure out to as many fields as possible. So uh, I think rather than putting a, a lot of emphasis on trying to get only the fields that have few neighbors, uh, I'd rather see people using a, a weather report to decide when a neighbor might be at risk and when a neighbor will not be at risk. And I think by just a quick examination of a couple of things in a, a you know in that, the next three to five day weather forecast, we can eliminate a lot of our odors. So 
Shall we jump into a little bit of that discussion, how we use a weather report for that purpose? Well, first off, why are we looking at a weather report? What is it about uh, odor that, that we need a weather report for to, to, to make this decision? Okay, well, that's a really good question, Mike. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to visualize how odor disperses and gets diluted out so the neighbors don't notice it. Uh, I like to ask people to visualize that odor cloud that we produce when we have a when we're spreading manure, we're agitating the storage, being very much like a smoke cloud. So think of a, you know, a fire that you've seen off on the horizon and smoke rising from that fire. When does that smoke cloud tend to disperse to higher and higher elevations and get uh, stay away from the people that are on the ground level? Uh, that occurs mainly when, uh, when we see air warming, right? Uh, air becomes more buoyant, it's moving up, it's rising. So during the middle of the day, air is often rising, even on a cloudy day like today, uh, that temperature is still rising several degrees. And so that creates that buoyancy and that odor cloud or that smoke cloud tends to move further and further away from the, the earth's surface. Our challenge, think about when that smoke cloud just sets on the surface of the earth, maybe follows the wind direction and you see it kind of traveling laterally for long distances and not getting mixed. When do you think that occurs, Mike? Oh man, this, this is taking me back to pesticide applications. I'm gonna guess this is when we have those cool times where our wind's below five miles per hour. Low wind speeds and when that air is cooling, right? Right. Uh, yeah, and when we see air cooling, that, that air stays right near the ground surface. And so we, when we have a smoke source, uh, we see that smoke cloud just traveling right along the surface of the earth. Well, that odor cloud is very much the same. Uh, in those evening, nighttime hours, as that air is cooling, it travels right along the surface of the earth. And that's really our high-risk condition. So if we have that in mind, uh, we can then begin to think of what we look at in a weather forecast and how do we avoid uh, some of these challenges. Maybe we can jump into that in a minute or two. Oh, yeah. So so now we know that, you know, odor has a cloud and we need to try to think about how that odor is going to move, similar to other operations that we do in a, in a farming operation. So how long does this odor stay around? Because you, you were saying multiple days. Because I'm guessing this is going to play in part for why those weather reports are important as for how long we have to worry about this order. Sure. Well, uh, one thing uh, in terms of how long it sticks around, uh, the, the trick is to get that manure to dry out as quick as possible. So if we've got from the time we've applied it to uh, when we have a higher risk situation. If we've got some good drying time, that, that's the ideal. Let's get that manure dry. Uh, I like to tell people, I, I'd like to, after we've land applied manure, I'd like to have a good day's period where that manure is drying and being exposed to the sunshine. So if I uh, see I'm gonna apply today, uh, I'm worried about my neighbors around my field tonight where tomorrow night I may not be worried about them if I've had a good day of drying tomorrow. So 
a, a good 24 hours of drying is, is helpful to minimize that problem. All right. Well, you know, that makes sense right now with how dry it is uh, that that 24 hours could work. I could see maybe other times in the spring when we have rain that that could be more of a challenge. Yeah. We've um, got rainfall in our forecast or just damp, wet conditions, moist conditions, then we're not going to get that drying and we'll have odor extend for a longer period. So, uh, well, okay, we, go we, ahead. Yo, no problem. So we, we've kind of built up to it. What do we actually want to pull out of our weather ports? What, what information are we looking for? Sure. Okay. So the next thing I look at is, let's say I want to apply manure to a field today, and I'm worried about those neighbors this, this evening. So uh, I'm looking for those during those evening and nighttime hours. What is the wind speed during that period? Uh, wind is also a good force to dilute odors out, but it's those calm wind speeds, those speeds we'd say generally under 10 mile per hour that allow that odor cloud to stay concentrated. So I'm going to look at uh, the wind speed for this evening's hours, tonight's hours. If I'm seeing under 10 miles per hour, then I'm a little bit concerned about uh, the odor risk uh, this evening. So now that I I see that lower wind speeds, then the next thing I look at is wind direction. Uh, it's also important, as you remember, that smoke cloud traveling along the surface of the earth uh, during those evening hours, it, it doesn't go, it, it always follows the direction of the earth, and so uh, the direction of the wind, I mean. And so that odor cloud does also. So if that wind is forecast to come out of, let's say the northeast, northwest, pretty common this time of the years, that wind is coming out of the northwest, my neighbors to the southeast of my field would be at the highest risk. My neighbors to the north of this field or my neighbors to the west of this field, they're, they're not gonna experience much of any risk at all. So now I start looking at fields I might be considering applying to. And if, if I truly have that high risk of odor tonight and I see the wind is out of the Northwest, I'd like to pick a field that doesn't have any neighbors to the South and uh, East of that field uh, within let's say a, a half mile or so. And are, when you when you look at the, the the wind reports, are you just looking for that evening, or are you looking for that day and the following day when you're making that decision? I, I'm really just looking at those evening hours, Mike, uh, because uh, during the day, you know, as that air is warming and is being more buoyant, it's it's rising. Uh, it's those evening hours, you know, from you know roughly just before the sun is setting through the nighttime. That's the time I'm looking at those wind directions. What or is what direction are they blowing during those times? And then trying to pick a field that doesn't have a neighbor in that direction. So you, you did we did talk a little bit briefly about moisture. Is is that a concern when when you're looking through the weather reports for for at least odor issues? You know, we, we understand that humidity has some bearing on odor, but I, I really think the two things I would focus on are, 
are the, the evening hours and low wind speeds to identify the high risk times. I, I think those are by far the most important. And then during those high risk times, what's the direction of the wind? So that would be the things I would focus on in that, that weather forecast. All right. Well, we've talked quite a bit about you know what to do uh, when you're at least trying to minimize some of those odor issues, which some people may think is not a big issue, but you'll be surprised at how many people actually uh, are, are now making this part of their de decision because they don't want to make their neighbors or their communities around them uh, mad at them. Yeah, I think we all want to be good neighbors. And this is just a, a very simple practice to put in place, you know, to, to maintain that good neighbor uh, attitude uh, in your community. So do you have um, any articles or any other sources of information that would people that are interested in this topic could look at um, and access? Sure. Uh, we did, uh, we have published uh, articles on this on our manure website. It's called manure.unl.edu. And it's been a, a year or two since we published this, but if you just did a search on timing manure application, uh, I, it would come up on the top of your list. So manure.unl.edu and search on timing manure application. will get you to the information we just visited about. Perfect. Well, thanks for joining us today. 